Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Hello, everybody. It's Lenny Murphy with another edition of the Green Book Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it with myself and my honored guest of the day, Dave Dugan. Uh, he is the Senior Manager of Consumer Insights at Dish Network. Dave, welcome. Thanks for having me, Lenny. It's great to have you. So appreciate you taking time out of your day as well. So now for those who don't know you, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about your background and then we'll dive into the conversation of the day. Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, I'm the senior manager of Consumer Insights at Dish Network. Currently, I have responsibility for overseeing all of the research that we do on the television side of the business. We have a team that also conducts the research on the wireless side of the business, but I'm handling the the TV these days. I've been at DISH for five years, currently based in Denver. And before coming to DISH, I spent a couple of decades on the supplier side of research. And from looking, you were at Harris and GFK, so great places to learn the, the supplier side of the business. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually started off in a call center. My, my first job at Harris was a company called GSBC Ohio. It was when it was Gordon S. Black Corporation. And I spent three months on the phones doing a B2B CSAT studies. I'm originally from Youngstown, Ohio, and the consumer insights industry in Youngstown is not, not very uh, prevalent. So got in where I could. And we were acquired by Lewis Harrison Associates early on when I worked there. So we started a consumer shift and actually was a, a supervisor in the call center for a couple of years while I was in grad school. And then had an opportunity with Harris to start on the research side. So when I was at Harris, I was there 16 years and I focused on automotive and transportation research. I worked with clients on a wide variety of projects, Qualquant, CSAT, brand, product, naming, just uh, tracking. I managed a syndicated technology study for the automotive industry. And I saw the industry moving to to really looking for talent that was solution-based rather than industry-based. So I decided to move to GFK and I was there six years and I worked on mystery shopping and auditing with a wide variety of clients across lots of industries, financial services, auto, technology, um, and the like. Then from there, I was looking for more fulfillment and seeing my work be implemented. So I decided to make the jump to the, the client side. So that, that's sort of the story of how I ended up at Dish Network. Oh, that's uh, it's very cool. And I was, uh, was grinning because I got my start in the industry running a call center doing healthcare satisfaction research. So it dated both of us. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I time. mean, it's wild because I probably, I mean, I've learned a ton in my career, but that call center foundation, I don't think I valued it at the time as much as I do now, but 
gosh, that's a really good place to cut your teeth in our industry. Well, at least it was in the the nineties, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, agreed. Actually, that's a, that's an interesting point. I had never thought of it until as you said that. I mean, obviously, you know, the basics of sampling, and you know, but particularly in something that a topic I think that we we don't get into nearly enough in our industry is is engagement. There's been a lost art of that when everything is online, and I think to our detriment. So there's so many elements of salesmanship, which we hate thinking of in those terms, but it was absolutely the same skill set, right? To get people on the phone and you know, get their participation to collect the necessary information. Anyway, we could go off on a whole other tangent. Now, but that's, <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, that's very cool. So my understanding is that you focus a lot on CX uh, in your work today. And that's probably a good segue, the idea of engagement and customers. So uh, Wants to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing at Dish from the standpoint of optimizing the CX agenda and what that looks like from Dish's perspective overall or your perspective. Yeah, yeah. So our team, the Consumer Insights team, uh, was actually moved to the Customer Experience team last fall. Prior to that, we sat in the the marketing organization as a center of excellence. So essentially, the 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 teams that are running the daily transactional customer experience studies, like your NPS, like your studies that follow up with CSAT after an experience with an agent or with something related to customer service, they've always been in a CX organization. And one of the reasons that the organization moved us to that team was to be closer to the work that each other is doing. So they're handling the the day-to-day CX research, and we're doing a lot of research about industry trends, a lot for the marketing organizations, and, and looking at customers, but also we're also looking at consumers in a very deep way. So it's been really eye-opening on both sides for us to be on all now on the same team, even though we're conducting different types of research to get everything connected and just have that way to stitch stories together of what customers are saying within the studies that they run, as well as what we're hearing from customers and consumers in the research that that we're conducting. I love that. It's a topic of the day. I was actually right before our recording uh, preparing for a, a webinar on this very topic of the reorganization, not necessarily from kind of a corporate structure standpoint, but to enable synthesis of what have been kind of siloed components, all kind of insights, but you know, CX, UX, business intelligence, competitive intelligence, marketing analytics, traditional market research. And we're seeing this shift happen, which I think we've talked about for years as an industry of, you know, let's get this holistic view of our customers and our prospects, our targets. And that's been just challenging, right? It's they've just sat in those silos. So that's really cool that Dish is making that change. How's that, how's that gone? You said it's been really surprising. Have there been challenges in making that connective tissue between the, the two different groups? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still early in the, the evolution of, of bringing the teams together. Fortunately, at DISH, 
across the organization, we are relatively strong at talking to the other in knowing other teams that that have data sets that are doing different types of studies. So so we came into CX knowing our colleagues and and really working together on some projects. But now now as one team, we have the opportunity to get more, I'd say more along the analytical lines, Lenny, where we're looking at certain trends and taking data to, like I said earlier, really stitch stories together. Analytically, in some ways, doing st- like statistical analysis between data sets, but also analytically and, and looking at patterns and what we're seeing in one survey is in within another survey. Um, I'll probably talk about this uh, a lot in our podcast here, but one, one area of research that I, I manage for our team is the brand health tracking for, for the Dish and Sling brands. And we have a partner on that body of research that goes really deep. And we have some custom questions within our survey for our category that get into elements of customer experience. So that's a really good example of how we've been able to, to say, for example, take what we learn in JD Power and then look at it with our brand health tracking, seeing how the data is connected with the customers, but also look at those that are considering our brands, look at those who are detractors of our brands from a brand health perspective and see the gaps in those experiential attributes to give us an understanding of the opportunity of where we can focus to make improvements with with everything that we're doing. It's exciting to hear uh, a company that is further along that journey. We're hearing a lot from folks that are beginning Mm -hmm. that process and you know, that you're actually activating that. So what about UX? Where does UX uh, fit into that mix as well? Yeah, so within our organization, UX sits within the the product uh, research teams. Um, They are always in, you know, talk to customers, talk to consumers, test, reiterate mode. So they, they are in separate organizations. But as I mentioned earlier, just by the nature of our organization, we do know the teams that are doing UI UX. We share insights with them. They share insights with us. We're on group chats together. So we're always talking to them to find out uh, and to to learn what each other are doing, I'd say. And when they have a need for, let's say, a quantitative study where we're going to add a pretty significant feature to, to Sling TV, for example, they'll reach out to us and we'll work together to run the quantitative research with the UX researchers as well as the product team. So we know each other well, we're, we're very connected and, and try to keep each other informed of what we're doing, you know, to the best of our abilities. Now, I have a hypothesis that one of the things accelerating this model that, that you are demonstrating first began with kind of knowledge management systems, you know, integrating the information in one central location, but more than just being a, a storage place, actually being every platforms like you know, market logic or or lucy or et cetera et cetera right those, those companies that allow you to extract information across the library the corpus of data was one piece and that's accelerating now because of the possibilities around generative ai to to really take that to the next level to interrogate 
information wherever it lies within the enterprise and pull that out really easily, <laughs> like scary easy. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that part of what kind of drove this within Dish? Is the tools, technology were allowing this idea to be implemented more easily? Yeah, yeah. I could I could talk a bit about a knowledge management because that that's an area where we're also expanding. So we've been using a knowledge management platform for a couple of years. And with the move to the CX organization, we've recently had the opportunity to make that an enterprise-wide solution. So I believe we're probably at a 50-seat subscription right now, but we're contracted and moving that to, like I said, an enterprise-wide solution. And we actually have somebody starting soon, they could be here depending on when this airs, to actually just focus on our knowledge management platform. There's so much work that we do and so much that we have from the syndicated studies we subscribe to and all of the industry reports. We as an organization really need to be evangelizing that out to to everybody because, you know, with insights, everybody who looks at a certain report could get something different about it out of it in terms of how it affects what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. So that's something our team is super excited about to make that knowledge platform uh, enterprise-wide. From the generative AI perspective, you know, I'll be honest, it's, um, we're really just starting to think about that as part of our toolkit. So I'm not quite sure how that is going to impact our, our knowledge sharing platform, but it's certainly something we're, you know, in the early conversations about the IIEX conference a couple of weeks ago, of course, there was a lot of focus on AI and I have a lot of follow-up meetings with different companies. I, I met at the conference to, to talk about their capabilities and, you know, how we could utilize those in respect of everything we do within Consumer Insights and CX. So really excited to have those conversations, but certainly very early on with how we actually use that um, from, from all aspects of what we do. I think we're quickly recognizing, as we do with most tools, you know, it's, it's a how, mm-hmm. not a what. We've been talking about it as a what, but fundamentally, it, it, I think what we will get to within our, our industry is to, it's just a path to make insights, the hell I insights, information, to make information more easily accessible to translate to insights across a wider body of information. And, you know, I know that you're really passionate about, you know, delivering a positive experience across all touch points. I think that's a, that's a quote. Yeah. And knowing that with this whole model that you're building within dish, right. Of how to enable that, you know, this holistic view of the, the customer or the prospect and to do that just faster and, and easier than we can do it today. Right to get to that point, but that is the point. The point is to understand, you know, the, the customer and the the prospect and make it a better experience for them. Is that kind of what's driving the overall thinking organizationally right now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always a continued focus on on customer experience and you know delivering, like I said, delivering that positive experience across all touch points. And one thing that our team 
as well as some other teams are working on is to have the organization really think broadly about customer experience. So, you know, oftentimes when you hear the words customer, you think of a customer service. And that's, of course, is a very important touch point. But every time a customer interacts with your brand, you have the opportunity to delight or you have the opportunity to detract. So when we're thinking about that that journey and and that all touch point uh, element of this, we have to think about things like the website, the, the digital experience, of course, our TV advertising, user experience, brand marketing, product retention, customer service, as I mentioned, even building in credit. So one of the things that, that we're doing at DISH to really get those teams engaged and, and think about themselves as, say, experience managers is to workshop our, our brand personality with them. We've done a lot of work with our brain health tracking partner to understand, you know, what personality we should be having as brands, what we can lean into, how we bring that to life from a rational, functional and emotional perspective. And of course, that drives and is really integrated into the, the marketing team. But we're working with all of the other teams to talk through those personality characteristics help them understand what they mean. And then when we have those conversations, the, there is a, a element of, okay, now that we've gone through this, how can this be applied to what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? If we need to be, you know, brand attribute X, how can you activate on that and what you're doing and, and talk through the different personality characteristics to help them understand what they are and how they can bring it to life and in what they do. We actually developed uh, brand DNA booklets. And one of my uh, goals is to have a booklet on every desk of everyone who is touching the brand um, with, within corporate, you know, within reason. <laughs> um, so that element of it is, is really critical. And because um, it all impacts the, the health of the brand and we pay a, a lot of attention to that because it all matters. Yeah, well, I mean, it matters to every brand in the world. You're in a very competitive category. Yes. It seems to be under constant disruption or potential disruption from a technology standpoint. I'm a Dish customer, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just, yeah, <laughs> but we live, we live in a very rural a very rural location and you were the obvious choice. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that, all that aside, uh, yeah, like my neighbors are Amish rural. So oh, okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, we, we were the only game in town, Lenny, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there has to be another reason though why you select the place, not, not just out of the first. Yes, it was. There were other options that were not nearly as attractive. Anyway, we, <laughs> so, so from a a enterprise value creation standpoint, that philosophy of, look, we need to understand, you know, everybody who touches the brand needs to be aligned and we need to think through this because the more we, we focus on those things, the more it creates more value for the organization. Are, are you seeing that ROI? Do you track it? Do you track return on 
research investment and things like that so that you can show, look, this really is making a difference organizationally. Yeah, we, we do track we do track ROI through our, our brand health tracker. I can say it's it's a little bit more related to investments in our marketing. As you can imagine, it is very hard to understand, you know, how changes with another parts of, of the, the life cycle are impacting ROI, brand health, and, and linking that together. That being said, it's something we're certainly thinking about how we can can measure that. And if we go back to, uh, I mentioned we have colleagues that are working on the transactional day-to-day customer experience research. The cues that come up for different changes across the, the different customer touch points will usually surface themselves in unstructured data through uh, you know open-ended comments within that body of research. So we do see how changes show up from our customers there and you know gives us the ability to then strategize about what we can do to to address that feedback. But yeah, the ROI piece is really hard. Yeah, I don't know about who's cracked that code. Yet, <laughs> yeah. So but it's good to hear that it's at least you're trying. It's priority because I think there's some brands that aren't even particularly trying. The research is something that we have to do, but they're not tying it to that that business value. So it's really great to hear you guys are doing that. So I, I want to be conscious of uh, of your time as well as time of the listeners. So as you think about the next 12 months, right, what has you most excited at thinking, all right, we're going to do this and this is going to be really cool or or a change that you see happening that you think is going to be, you know, really interesting to be a part of? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say several things. Um, one, one is our team is actually growing. We're in the process of, of doing a lot of hiring right now, um, especially to build up our bench strength on the wireless side of the business. From an organization, we are standing up the, I mean, it, it's live, right? But we're also standing up a 5G network across the country. Sorry, it's live across many parts of the country. And we have a postpaid brand to, to compete with the uh, big carriers in the space. So that is really exciting to be in an organization that is just investing in the future of wireless technology. And so there's a lot of great stuff there. Additionally, our team is working on uh, several very strategic research projects. One is to just help us think about consumers differently, a segmentation study. We're in the throes of that right now. It's a pretty, pretty lengthy study, one of those you know, six to eight month projects that, that we're a couple months into. Also looking at, uh, I'd say, a lot of configuration research, like how we're structuring what we're bringing to market, how can we optimize what we bring to market from uh, from different perspectives. And of course, I mentioned earlier the brand health tracking. We're, we're always looking for ways to, to really elevate the, the insights and strategy that that brings, brings to the table within what I talked about earlier when we're working with different departments to educate them on our brand and how it impacts their touch points. But there's a, a lot of 
really impactful analyses and work happening on within the brain health tracking that will uh, think make a big difference in in how we're really building and elevating our brands. That's really cool. Now, all right, so I have to ask a question that you may not be able to answer. Okay. You know, this week we saw the the newest entry in kind of the metaverse idea, right? With Apple's launch of their uh, their tech. Oh yeah. So, what's your take, or the, the the company's take on the timeline of consumer adoption from a form factor where kind of VR and AR stops being a kind of a gimmicky thing, but actually reaches wide scale adoption, and that becomes the primary vehicle for for consuming content. If you can answer, it's just a top, just an idea of like because we've been hearing about it for years. And now Apple's in there. It's like, yeah, but I still I don't see everybody rushing out and buying these headsets. So, so it's definitely something we need to be paying attention to from a long-term strategic perspective. Exactly what is happening with that? I would imagine that our teams that are working on like long-term engineering development are taking a look at that technology. It certainly hasn't come around and hit the insights team yet. But, but just generally speaking, Lenny, the, take the, the TV industry and how consumers are watching what they watch, they're leading the way, right? They have so much choice with, with content. They have so much choice with, I'd say, control of when they want to watch, what they want to watch, who they want to watch it with, how they want to watch it. So I'd say those overarching trends in the industry are something that we are paying very close attention to. Okay. Always. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. I, I assumed. That's why yeah. I asked the question. But the uh, but I'm also taking that as, yeah, long term. You know, we're, we're, we're still probably a little ways out before everybody's walking around with a headset on. Not to uh, not to put words in your mouth, but that's my takeaway <laughs> from from what you said. Subtext. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. All right. What did I not ask that you would like me to? I don't think there there was anything that that we didn't cover. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to to be on the podcast. I'm honored. I was honored to speak at IEX and honored to to be here with with you today. Well, we were honored to to have you uh, both at IEX and on the podcast and. Uh, hopefully we will do this again. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. This was a great conversation. It's always fun to talk to somebody who has their roots. You know, we followed the same path and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> starting yeah. at the call center. That's not something you hear yep. anymore, right? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're the last of a generation, Dave, of <laughs> our, <laughs> our, our roots in the call center. So <laughs> anyway, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Yeah. So the best way to contact me is on, I'd say on LinkedIn, you can look me up on social media, but it's all, you know, dog pictures and sports and concerts and such. But uh, I'd say for, for business purposes, LinkedIn is the best. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Want to give a shout out to our producer, Natalie, uh, who keeps this train on the rails without her. None of this would happen. Our editor, James, who makes us all sound and better than we are naturally and normally. And most of all to you, our listeners, because without you, 
this would just be kind of us talking to ourselves, which would be fun, but not nearly as, as we wouldn't be creating as much value. And that's what we're focused on. So that's it for today. Again, I'm Lenny Murphy. We'll talk to you again soon at another edition of the Green Book Podcast. Bye for now. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transporting insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.